Cashman, 10, 5, touchdown Cougars! We're two hours away from the kickoff, BYU football. Play fake for Wilson, a deep drop, goes for the back right pylon of the end zone, he's got a touchdown, and the Cougars open up on top! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also proudly supported by Kingarf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good afternoon, BYU fans. Technically, for me, it's still good morning. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. Today, the BYU Cougars are in Tampa, Florida, to face the South Florida Bulls. Joining me on Cougar Pregame Live, as always, he's joining from the broadcast booth at Raymond James Stadium, former BYU quarterback and current radio analyst Riley Nelson. Riley, I'm going to assume you probably have a little warmer temperatures than I do today. It is, but it is like, I was pleasantly surprised. It's like Hawaii Pleasant out here, low 80s and breezy, and I think just the right amount of humidity, so I'm not suffering too much. Yeah, that's exactly what everybody back here in Utah with uh, about 45 degrees wants to hear right now. They will, <laughs> they will not care what the weather is like here or there as long as BYU gets the win today, and that's certainly what the Cougars are looking to do. The BYU coming off a bye week, and before that, a road loss at Toledo BYU 2-3 and three on the season. They will have a new starting quarterback today in Jaron Hall. Their opponent, South Florida, also 2-3. and three. And two interesting notes. It's the first ever matchup between these two schools. And BYU is 0-7 all-time in the state of Florida. What does that have to do with today's game? Absolutely nothing. Riley, today is all about taking care of business against a team that you should beat. Most definitely, and and you mentioned Jaron Hall's first start. I imagine that's been his attitude for some time now as he took, you know, Zach had shoulder surgery in the spring, so he was the taking all the number one reps and was the person leading this offense in spring, and then he's gotten chances to play here and there uh, as this season has begun. And so for him, this is just a day. It's not something special. While the fans and those of us who need to create storylines are making a big deal out of this being his first start and a freshman and all those things, uh, he's just saying this is an opportunity for me to go cash in on all the investments I've made in preparing during the off season and so far this season and come out and take care of business today. Well, let's continue that conversation as we get to the three things you need to know. All right, number one, Jaron Hall getting his first collegiate start at quarterback, playing for the injured Zach Wilson. Wilson had surgery on his throwing hand. Still no update in terms of how long he will be out. But Jaron Hall, just as you mentioned, uh, Riley took all of the first team reps in the spring after Wilson had his shoulder surgery. Well, here's what we know about Jaron. Now, he's had a couple of certainly had the the last series at Toledo after Zach got hurt but we've seen him in a couple of different roles uh, throughout the the early part of the season we know he is an elite athlete and I thought this was interesting I was talking with Aaron Roderick this week and he told me there are far more similarities between Zach and Jaron than there are differences I think there's this idea that they're completely different quarterbacks and Aaron Roderick says it couldn't be further from the truth they're actually very very similar and the good news about that is the offense doesn't have to change we're not going to see this wholesale change with the offense the offense can stay the same and it can be executed without having to worry about uh, calling different types of plays than we've seen all year which I think can be a good thing from a continuity standpoint, but um, it's also something that might give you a little bit of cause for concern from a productivity standpoint. BYU is going to need to produce. You know, we haven't 
yet to score 30 points, and the offense has just been tough sledding this uh, entire season up to this point. And so I would hope they would take this opportunity to make the appropriate changes, continue to do what's doing well and fits in that shared skill set between Zach and Jaron, but also look at some of maybe the the slightly unique things that Jaron does uh, you've had now a bye week, so essentially two weeks of practice to implement some new wrinkles to hopefully inject a little bit more life into this offense and put up the number of points that can make us more competitive against quality opponents like USF. Yeah, and the other thing we know about Jaron is he's ultra-confident while still being humble. He doesn't need to brag about his skill set. That's just not in his DNA. And just like Zach, Zach's teammates love him. They love Jaron, too. He has the backing of his teammates, and I think a lot of that goes from just the not only the work they saw him put in, but the fact that they've had a lot of playing time with him in the offseason when he took those first-team reps. And that's a big deal, Riley, when you have the backing of your teammates. No question, and he's earned it the right way. It hasn't been bestowed upon him. It's not a some sense of entitlement through which he's earned it. He's earned it through his effort and through his character. And, and then just, you know, there's a saying out there that game recognizes game. Whenever you have a guy that can play uh, collegiate sports in two different sports, as, as some may know uh, and hopefully everybody knows, Jaron, of course, doubled with in the spring with the BYU baseball team and right. made some productive, you know, he was actual player and contributor, game-winning hits, diving catches in, the, in center field and all those things. So the, his athletes know that and they see that and they know it's not easy. And, and so all of those build into what I think is going to be a, a strong foundation of support that he gets from his teammates today. Let's get to number two. And we touched on this a second ago, Riley. After a disappointing loss at Toledo, BYU has to take care of business today with games versus Boise State and at Utah State in Logan later this month. We talked after the first four games. The next four were viewed as more manageable for BYU. And of those next four, South Florida was by far, at least in my opinion, the worst team of the four. Now, I'm not saying they're a bad team, but in terms of comparing them to the others, I thought they were they were the worst team in those four. And again, it just boils down to BYU's favorite in this game. BYU needs to go out on the road today and take care of business. Most definitely. And, you know, reading South Florida uh, and talking to some of their people in the storylines, they, they're these are two teams that are extremely similar into how they've gotten a two and three. Uh, so you look at South Florida's three losses. Two have come to undefeated ranked teams. And then the other one was one that came down to the wire on the road against Georgia Tech where they had their chances late in the game. You look at BYU, formidable opponent in Washington, a ranked opponent and a formidable and ranked opponent in Utah, and then a game on the road that uh, came down to the wire against another quality opponent. So they're both sitting at 2-3. and three. They both feel that they're better than their records show. And uh, so while BYU, you, you look at you know some of the lines and predictions, they, they are favored to win this game. I think it's going to be incredibly even matched evenly matched and BYU like you keep saying come here and take care of business but it's not going to be easy business to take care of they're going to have to play well if they want to walk out of here with a victory and finally number three the BYU defense has prioritized stopping the run as the most important aspect they have to focus on can the BYU defense find a way to keep the South Florida run game which by the way is number 94 they're only averaging 140 yards per game in check BYU's defense right now giving up 221 yards per game. That's 113th in the country. And South Florida has the least effective ground game of any of the teams that BYU has faced so far this year. That is priority number one, and that's coming from the BYU coaches and players. 
And, and I'm encouraged and glad to hear that that's an area of emphasis because as much as we want to put new spins on the game of football and people may drop new plays or new formations or run their offenses at different speed it essentially it's been this way for a hundred years or even 150 as we're celebrating the 150th anniversary of the NCAA that you have to if you can establish the run and then stop the run on defense you're going to be in pretty good shape and that's the story here and that's something that I think has led that has contributed to BYU's uh, two and three start is uh, an inability to either establish a run or to stop the run. I can, a little stat for you in the media guide here in Southern Florida, and that's that when USF rushes for more than 200 yards under Charlie Strong, they are 16 and one. Of course, that uh, mark is uh, BYU's season average is above that number. So it's, we need a, a singular performance uh, so far this season from the BYU defense in reducing the run. Otherwise, uh, it could spell trouble for the Cougars today. Coming up, we're going to hear from Kalani Satake and Jaron Hall in Cougar Cuts. But next, we're going to get to know the foe as we talk with Jim Lauk, the voice of South Florida football. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. And it's time to get to know the phone. Happy to be joined by the voice of the South Florida Bulls, Jim Lauk. Jim, thanks for taking a few minutes. We appreciate it. Sure, no problem. Uh, BYU is 2-3. and three. South Florida is also 2-3, and three, and they have won two out of their last three. What's the biggest reason for the improved play over the last couple of weeks? Well, I think part of it, quite honestly, is the schedule. You know, they went up on the road and played a conference game last week against Connecticut, and uh, the UConn program is struggling a little bit, and the Bulls were able to kind of impose their will in that game, which is something they haven't done uh, very often this year. Early in the season, they had Wisconsin, and then they ran into a vastly improved SMU team, and they struggled in both of those games. So that's why I think today is kind of intriguing to see uh, if the Bulls can keep their better level of play up against a more capable opponent uh, that they have today. Jim, today's homecoming for the USF Bulls, and as I'm looking down the roster, I see a lot of uh, hometowns in Florida. Uh, Honestly, how many out-of-state players are? Do you know off the top of your head? Probably not more than six or seven on the whole roster. They uh, they stay home in Florida. They pride themselves on getting players out of the Tampa Bay area. High school talent here is just off the charts good. The challenge is you're also recruiting against Florida, Florida State, Miami, on and on it goes. Um, and the landscape has really changed. You know, the Bulls are only 23 years old when they started playing There was no Florida Atlantic. There was no Florida International. The amount of programs that have started up here. UCF in the top 20. Yeah, and, you know, UCF was kind of in their infancy as well at that time. So it's a challenge, but the level of high school talent is so great that the Bulls are able to, to stay pretty close to home a lot of the time. Jace, do we still have you? Jim Lau joining us from Tampa is the Cougars get ready to face the South Florida Bulls. And, Jim, the one stat that really stands out to me 
is when you look at this Bulls defense, the ability to force turnovers, and I believe the number is 14 turnovers through five games. Is that a product of scheme, talent, or both? I think it's team speed and talent, but it's really interesting. The Bulls' defensive stat sheet can really make you scratch your head. You know, they're among the nation's leaders in tackles for loss and turnover margin and interceptions. Uh, They have a, a good amount of sacks in their first few games, but they've also given up a lot of points. They've given up a lot of rushing yards. They've had some pass plays get over top of them. So it's really a mixed bag defensively. There's definitely talent on this defense. There is great speed, but they've also, I'm sure they would be the first to tell you, they've given up a lot more big plays than they would like, and they've uh, been unable to get off the field on third down a lot this year as well. So despite the ability to take the ball away and to get the tackles for loss, that's really hurt them in the first half of the season. Jim, would you say the identity, BYU fans will be familiar with Coach Strong as he kind of brought Louisville to prominence and then went on to Texas. And actually, while he was the coach there, they played BYU a time or two. Um, But it's hard for me to peg him as an offensive or defensive coach. A lot of times head coaches kind of lean one way or the other. Would you say he's more of a defensive or offensive-minded coach, or does he really aim for balance across the program? I think he's probably more of a defensive guy, and it's interesting this year he made a change on the offensive side, brought in a new offensive coordinator for this year, Kerwin Bell, who had been the head coach at Valdosta State and had taken that team to a D2 national championship. And Coach Strong has kind of stepped away from the offense and let Kerwin Bell really take that over. And I think the Bulls have great potential offensively, but right now they're still kind of going through the growing pains of learning a new scheme, learning a new system, and also breaking in a freshman quarterback that I'm not sure a lot of us thought would be playing as much as he is in this season. Well, and Jim... From an offensive standpoint, you have a good running back, a really good tight end. I think today's matchup with both tight ends is going to be one of the best in the country. When you look at this offensive line, that seemed to have been an issue in terms of uh, the opposing defenses being able to get pressure. That's something BYU has been trying to do a better job of. What are your overall impressions of this offensive line? Uh, Very uneven. Uh, We sure feel a lot better about them now than we did a week ago because they had a really nice game at Connecticut. Bulls ran the ball for over 300 yards. Uh, There have been two challenges, mainly with the offensive line. Certainly protecting the quarterback has been one, but also getting the running game going. You know, there's a 1,000-yard rusher, Jordan Cronkrite, in the Bulls' backfield. He had 77 yards combined in the first four games this year until he uh, broke out for 148 last week. So they haven't gotten the running game going. They really haven't protected the quarterback that well. A lot of signs that that was improving last week against UConn, but again, you have to measure that with how much UConn has been struggling, and I think we're all kind of interested to see if that's going to translate to this game or not. Jim, I uh, was impre- I mentioned it was homecoming earlier and pretty impressed with the early tailgaters they have out there. Obviously, we're P- Raymond James Stadium is the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and simultaneously the home of the USF Bulls. 
But this being the first matchup between BYU and USF, there's not a lot of familiarity uh, among you know BYU fans and Cougar Nation on, on what the atmosphere is going to be like here today. What do you expect? Should be a good crowd. It's obviously a beautiful day. Summer's kind of hanging on with temperatures in the 80s. But, you know, playing off campus is, is such a mixed bag. Obviously, it's an NFL facility. Everything is state-of-the-art. Lots of fan comforts and a lot of things to really enjoy and take advantage of. But it's also 15 miles from campus, and sometimes that will affect student crowds, and sometimes it will be a little bit difficult to get here for the game, especially when you have the made-for-TV weeknight game. So it's kind of a mixed blessing. You know, the program is so young. Uh, I think uh, probably an on-campus stadium is in the future somewhere for this program. But right now they kind of concentrate on the positive of having an NFL facility, immaculate field, and and, uh, hopefully a good crowd here today for homecoming. Jim, we know you've got a broadcast to get ready for. We'll let you go so you can do that. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes and have a good call today. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you, Jim. There we go. Jim Lauk, the voice of the South Florida Bulls. My one-on-one was starting quarterback Jaron Hall coming up a little bit later on in Shep Talk. But next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The first ever meeting between the BYU Cougars and the Bulls of South Florida. It's coming your way from Raymond James Stadium. That would be the home of the NFL's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is where Riley Nelson is. You'll hear him on the call with Greg Rubel and Mitchell Jurgens coming up a little bit later on. I'm in our BYU Radio Studios here in beautiful Provo, Utah. And heading into the bye week, BYU was dealing with injuries. They had a new quarterback, and they're trying to work on overall execution on both sides of the ball. And when asked what the team had worked on during the bye week, this is what head coach Kalani Satake had to say. All three phases, yep, all of them. So we were able to get a lot of work done, and we have some, you know, new quarterback that we were getting get ready. So we took a, advantage of that extra time, and you know, there's a lot of competition going on still on this team. So uh, trying to find ways to get get our guys to execute at a higher level, and that's what that was our main focus this week. And as Coach Satake mentioned, you know, they're at the point where there's there's still a lot to work on, and I understand. He said there's still competition at positions, and, and I don't know if you necessarily want competition right now, but I understand that there is, especially because of all the injuries BYU's dealt with. You're right, you don't want it, but at the same time, you're two and three, and that's not, that's not adequate. That's not getting the job done, and so you have to evaluate all phases. That includes coaches, it includes schemes, game plans, and also the performance of individual players, and so you have to... And and then you have to acknowledge the fact that there is competition from week to week so the players don't get blindsided if they do get told that, hey, I know you've been in the starting lineup, but this week you know we're gonna, we may bring you in off the bench or you're not going to participate as much. So as long as the, the locker room knows that it's a competition every week and they're all acknowledging that they, the, they haven't performed to the level that they need to be, I'm okay with that attitude and, and that coming from Coach Sataki. Well, certainly a big story and probably the big story this week is that Jaron Hall is the starting quarterback taking over for the injured Zach Wilson. Head coach Kalani Sataki discussed how much growth he's seen from Jaron over the past few months. 
since he got home from his mission, uh, just seeing him improve every week has been really nice. And, and that's from the off season, even during fall camp. He's a much better player now than he was in the beginning of August. So we see the projection for him getting even better every week. And and uh, I think this is uh, now given more reps, I think it'll be uh, we should see the improvement happen day to day. You know, Riley, this is one of the things uh, about Jaron. He is ultra-competitive, as is Zach Wilson. And both of them, they, they are friends. They, they get along very well. There's, there's no, there is no animosity or any ill will between the two of them. But they both wanted that starting job. They were both going out and preparing for the starting job. Obviously, Zach got it. But Jaron Hall is a guy that's going to put in the work so that if his number was called, and now it has been, he will be ready. No question. And uh, Coach Satake mentioned getting reps and how important that is. And while nothing replaces game reps, you do, if you are going to you know, start a redshirt freshman on the road in his first start, you would like it coming off a of bye week because essentially the reps that he's had on the game plan that will be on display today have been doubled up. So hopefully they took full advantage, and, I, and I'm confident that Jaron took full advantage as well as the offensive staff and the entire offense did in that extra preparation time, and uh, hopefully it will pay dividends here today. Well, we've been talking about Jaron Hall. It's probably time we actually hear from him. Jaron was able to get the first team reps during the offseason due to Zach's shoulder injury, and he discussed how much that has helped him prepare for this chance. Yeah, absolutely. You know, getting increased reps in spring, you know, versus fall last year was huge. You know, just catching up to the speed of the game. You know, it's a lot faster, so I felt like I got a little more comfortable with the offense and you know, just, just football in general at the college level. So I think it was uh, huge for now. Well, and the other part, Riley, he said even though it was just a couple of plays, he's he's thought back a couple of times during the past week and a half on the fact that he was able to get in at the end of the Toledo game and, and while it wasn't a whole lot he said he thinks that benefited him to get into a game like that and get some in-game reps no question my experience when I was in as a freshman up at Utah State I was basically sitting on the sidelines being going into the going into the game when I got my first reps at, under the understanding that I was redshirting that first year and then uh, you know, things aren't going well in the game and I get told I'm going in. So absolutely no preparation or anything. I'd run the scout team actually that week and I get thrown in. He mentioned getting used to the speed and the level of college. It took me about one series and I was able to adjust and maybe not completely uh, be as efficient as I was going to be, but it no longer caught me by surprise. And that's what I think that final drive, that two-minute drive, those real live reps that Jaron was able to get at the end of the Toledo, I think they did that. They took away the shock. They took away the surprise. He mentions that college level, but he's experienced it. He can play at it. He can be successful at it. So with that out of the way, you've mentioned this a couple times already in our show, it's time to take care of business, and I fully expect Jaron to do that today. Well, and I haven't asked you this flat out. What are your expectations for Jaron today? And, and I mean, and you can take that however you want in terms of, uh, certain stats, uh, type of play. What are your expectations for him? From him? So I would like him to have the same expectations and approach to the game that Russell Wilson does, and that's that the only stat that matters is a win. And so I want him to be productive in, in putting drives together, being efficient in the, in the red zone or the scoring zone when they're in field goal range and making sure that he puts the team in the best possible position to capitalize on that. And then also to – Play for him personally. So, as the quarterback who is perhaps the most 
important or vital piece to the uh, success or at least potential success of the offense. That's what I expect. But for him personally, play loose, play confident, play instinctual. And if he do, if he can do that and approach the game mentally that way, he's got the physical tools and he should be just fine. This was not planned at all, but the fact that you brought up Russell Wilson, uh, I don't even know if you realized what a perfect tease that was. Because coming up next, I go one-on-one not with Russell Wilson, but with Jaron Hall, and Russell Wilson is brought up. That's all coming up mm-hmm. in Shep Talk. Very nicely done, Riley. I appreciate that. We're on that same wavelength. We are on the same wavelength. That's what I like. More Cougar Pregame Live coming up after this, including my one-on-one with Jaron Hall and Shep Talk on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. I'm in our BYU Radio Studios in Provo. Joining me from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida, home of the South Florida Bulls, Riley Nelson. You'll hear Riley and Greg and Mitchell Jurgens on the call from South Florida coming up a little bit later on. Obviously, the big story is Jaron Hall taking over as quarterback for the BYU Cougars. And while he doesn't want to make it about himself, today is a big day for him. He'll be the starting quarterback for injured Zach Wilson. And Jaron's played a few snaps, even throwing a 19-yard completion to Wilson against USC. And I asked Jaron what the past few weeks have been like for him as he prepares for his first collegiate start as BYU's quarterback. Yeah, it's just been preparation, and like you said, um, just taking practice every day is opportunities to learn and grow, um, to get ready and kind of take over the mantle of the offense, you know, as, as the, the quarterback. So just gelling with the guys, the receivers, and tight ends, um, you know, getting in sync with the O-line. So it's, it's been good. It was a fun week. I would imagine after a loss especially, you probably don't want to have a bye week because yeah. you want to get right back out there right. and prove yourself. But with the situation and, and kind of going through some new stuff, I, I would imagine it's probably been a benefit to you guys. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, it, it, after you know, losing a tough one, you want to get back and you know get the next win. But I think it's a good test for us to show our focus, our maturity after that, and just to, to move on, you know, leave it behind, and you know, really just forget about it. Just go on to you know, South Florida, prepare for them. So that's our focus now. What has been the main focus this past week as you gear up for South Florida? Have you been focusing on anything more than something else? Uh, really, just you know, just taking over the offense, you know, making sure that I understand, you know, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish on defense, you know, understanding how our play calls, um, you know, are um, supposed to attack their defense in certain ways. So really, just you know, taking over that and and really just understanding how our offense is going to attack you know, their defense. What do you think you bring to the quarterback position? Yeah, just overall play, you know, you know, being a pocket passer first, being able to complete the ball, get to the receivers on time, and then, you know, when the chance, you know. Uh, um, comes up just to make plays, you know, but really just to facilitate the offenses, you know, I feel it's my strength. Knowing you like I do, you have this confidence about you, but you also are very humble. How do you balance those? Because obviously you have a lot of skill, but it's not something that you boast about. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I personally don't feel like there's ever a time to boast because you never have time to do that. You know, after a play is over, you got to continue on and just move forward. You know, if you get caught up in, you know, worrying about how good you're doing or how bad you're doing, you just, you know, you're, you're off focus and you're not worried about what you should be. So just understand the task at hand and how there's, you know, there needs to be maturity at the quarterback position. How much do you think 
you getting the first team reps all through spring and the off season will help you as you take the field on Saturday. Well, it makes all the difference in the world, you know, from going, you know, being a redshirt freshman, not getting a lot of reps in fall to, you know, getting a lot in spring. You know, it's just catching up to the speed of the game, getting comfortable, you know, out there with the offense. So I feel like that was huge, you know, my development as a quarterback. And it seems like, you know, in talking with the teammates throughout the offseason, even now, the confidence level in you, everybody knows that you put the work in. That has to feel great for you to know you have the backing of your teammates. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I feel like I've prepared for this my whole life, you know, since seventh, eighth grade. So I feel like the work has always been there. And, you know, just to put that in the spring and, you know, throughout the season, you know, to have the guys, you know, be confident in me and me confident them is huge. It makes all the difference in the world. I understand that there's a lot of preparation going on and there's a lot of thinking, but have you been able to take a second and realize that you're going to start a quarterback for BYU? Have you been able to enjoy that at all? I understand you haven't played yet, but there's got to be something to that that's got to be exciting for you. Yeah, it's for sure exciting. You know, it's what you dream about as a kid. You know, for myself since I was little to you know play quarterback here and to start. So while it's been you know awesome and exciting, you know just you know, understanding that we got to win a game this week has been my focus. You know, so putting all that excitement aside and just you know, getting getting down to business and getting ready. What do you guys know at this point about South Florida? You guys are going to travel a couple of time zones again. They're coming off a win, same two and three record that you guys have. What do you know about the Bulls? They're a good defense. You know, they have, they have uh, good athletes out there. They're fast, they're physical, and aggressive. And you know, I think that our coaches will have a great game, game plan for us, and they'll know them, you know, uh, you know, inside and out, and so will we as players. So, you know, they're, they're good. We've got to respect them and just, you know, be ready and execute. I want to end this with the final four questions. So these are the personality questions, right? This is where I want – I don't even want you to think about it. Just your, your initial answer, that's always going to be the right one. Okay. Your favorite athlete growing up was who? Russell Wilson. And is it still Russell Wilson? It is, yes. Any particular reason why? I always compare myself to him. You know, as a young kid watching him play, you know, at, uh, at Wisconsin and uh, North Carolina State before that, and then obviously in the NFL, going through high school, I watched him and kind of you know, idolized him as, you know, what I wanted to be. So, and then I, obviously he plays baseball on the, side, you know, on the other side, so I kind of feel for him there. And I so always felt like I was, you know, kind of in his footsteps a little bit, but obviously you know, trying to make my own path. Quick, before I get to the second question, have you heard from your, your teammates over at the baseball team? I, I know I ran into Coach Littlewood, and he said he'd talk to you. What's been the reception from your, your baseball teammates on this? Oh, they're all behind me, man. I see them all the time in the building, and I just actually just went to the baseball game during the bye week. They played at Utah, and I went to General Conference and hopped over there down the road to see him. Um, so I was, it's always fun to see those guys. You know, I know they got my back. The coaches got my back. Coach Littlewood texted me the other day. You know, so did you know, all the other coaches just saying they're you know, confident in me. So you know, I feel love from them, and I know they got my back. All right, question number two. You can go anywhere on vacation. Where are you going? Oh, shoot, Hawaii for sure. Never been to Hawaii before. I've heard there's great things about us. So Traveling with the baseball team, I realize you and I have a lot of things in common. Yes. I, too, have never been to Hawaii. Well, I, I think we're like the is, only man. two that have never been to Hawaii, I yeah, think. we traveled more than most people, so I don't get that. <laughs> soon enough, soon enough. Okay, so what was the last movie you saw in a theater? Oh, what did we see? I know that as a team, as a team you've seen week. Ad yeah, Astra and you've seen Ad 47 Astra. Meters Down. That was the last one, Ad Astra. That was what we saw. Okay, so Emmanuel Supa said he was not a fan. He did not like yeah. it. What did you think of it? Um, I wasn't really a fan either. I like more action movies, personally. You know, I can kind of get bored pretty easily on the movie screen. So it wasn't my favorite. It was good, though. Yeah. You know, it was a good movie, but not my, my forte, you know. All right, so last question. What does it mean to you to wear the Y? Uh, it means, you know, you, you represent yourself in a way that you don't want individuals to – to kind of, you know, follow you. You'd be a leader. I think there's a lot to BYU with, you know, all aspects of it. So it's just an honor to be a part of the program and to be around such great guys and, you know, try to carry yourself in that way. Jaron, you're awesome. I'm excited for you to get your start. I'm excited to see uh, see how you play on Saturday. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jim.
All right, that was Shep Talk with BYU starting quarterback Jaron Hall. And look, I was kind of excited to see the movie Ad Astra, but the last two weeks have, have not helped uh, in terms of getting me enthusiastic. Uh, Jaron said he wasn't a huge fan of it. Emmanuel Supa said he wasn't a huge fan of it. Riley, uh, I, I, I'm thinking this may end up being like a red box or something like an on-demand movie or something down the road. Well, what's crazy is they both, he said, I prefer action movies. I'm like, oh, I've seen the trailer. It looks like an action movie, <laughs> but I guess not, so I'll stay away from that. Yeah, look, Jaron, he's ultra-talented, and he's, he's, all about, he's all about getting the job done. He's an all-business guy, and I'm excited to see what he can do today. This, this is, this is going to be fun, and I think having, look, and, and we talked about this, especially coming af- off a loss, you, you really want to get back into it. But having the bye week and the two weeks to prepare, I think that's really going to not just benefit Jaron, but I think it's going to benefit this team. You know, I love that approach as well. I, You never really care about – once you get to a point of playing football, or any sport for that matter, for a long time, it really doesn't – initially, you know, maybe in high school, Little League, you're keeping track of your stats, how many touchdowns, how many yards, we did this, we did that. But ultimately, in the higher you rise in competition, it all, becomes down, it all comes down to wins, and you don't care how those wins are produced. So when you say he's all about business, the, his business today is winning. It's not r- throwing for a certain amount or it's not, you know, doing what Zach Wilson did, how Zach Wilson did it. It's about – taking what the defense gives him, whatever the defense gives him. You know, if it requires him to rush the ball 20 times and, and, you know, convert seven third downs with his legs or whether or not he throws it 60 times and throws for 340 and, and, you know, a pair or three of touchdowns, that's he's willing to do and ready to do what it takes. And I think that's the best approach for everyone coming in. No preconceived notions, just a dedication to competing and getting the job done to try and produce a win. Here is one of the positive things that Cougar fans can feel really good about. Whether it's Jaron Hall today, whether it was Zach Wilson to start the season, and when Zach is healthy when he comes back, BYU is in really good hands at the quarterback position. That's something BYU fans can be very, very excited about, not only for this season, but for the future. We're going to visit with the voice, Greg Rubel, coming up in about 10 minutes. But next, we get our weekly QB read with Riley. You're tuned into Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. We're inching closer to kickoff between BYU and South Florida. It's time for this week's QB read with Riley. And Riley, I understand that you're focusing on some of the most important aspects of the game that might not necessarily show up on a stat sheet. What do you got? Yeah, thanks, Shep. This is something that I think is immensely important in, in any sport, but especially football, which I believe is the greatest sport, greatest team sp- sport on the planet. And uh, so today's QB read is titled, Intangibles Are Tangible. So those of us who follow BYU this season, uh, we got to buckle up every week for close games, and especially the next few weeks. Nothing can be taken for granted against any opponent, as we've learned thus far at the midway set point of the season. This includes mindset, attitude, passion, and leadership. There are These are often referred to as intangibles, but when they're properly applied to any team or locker room, they become extremely tangible. Not only is passion, focus, and intensity 
palpable and obvious to observers when it's when it's present and properly applied. But those elements are the most contagious on the field, on the sideline, and in the locker room. When it comes to physical execution, no one can do your job for you. A safety can't cover the deep half and plug up the B gap. So when you look at an actual scheme, it's uh, when you look at the actual physical performance, it's really 11 individual ones that are that are collaborated together. But when it comes to the non-physical elements of intensity, effort, focus, and passion, those can actually be shared across the 11 of uh, the 11 on the field, those on the sideline, and even the fans and supporters in the stadium. With this BYU football team who will live out its days in 2019, in a string of what I believe will be, have been and will be one score football games coming down to the the result of one play or another. The the elements of holding each other accountable, having high expectations for your teammates, extreme concentration and immense fortitude are going to be what will make the difference in flopping those close losses experienced those far and making those close wins. We as fans like to go back and rewind the DVR and point out, oh, this play, if only we would have done that, or if only we would have done that. And we like to think that the the result of a game hangs on those individual plays, but the reality is it, it is far more dependent upon the collective effort, focus, and intensity of the team throughout all 60 minutes than it is relying upon any one play that we may deem to be key over the course of a game. As a, as a player, and this BYU team today cannot rely on the circumstances of the game, the fans, or anyone else to, pro- to provide the electricity and attitude needed to produce victories in big-time college football. I'm looking for this team today to, ra- to raise up their passion, their effort, their focus, their concentration, their trust in their teammates to inspire one another, make plays that inspire their teammates, and get that collective momentum building to produce a win here today. Football is the greatest team sport of the planet, as I said at the beginning. And when and as I've said, as BYU continues to develop these intangibles, one with another, the trust, the effort, and all those things that, that uh, are deemed intangible, they become extremely tangible and produce victories. And that's what I think will be the key here today. Why was this something, Riley, that you felt so strongly about? Because you were telling me, when when uh, when we were talking about this segment for you, like this this is something I feel really really strong about strong about. Why why is this so important for you? It's a little bit personal because I see myself and uh, look, I'm a six foot, pretty much average white dude from Logan, Utah. <laughs> you know, I was not <laughs> one who should have played as much as I played, uh, produced as much as I produced, or had as much success as I had at the Division One college football level. Uh, in the major Division One college football level, playing on you know teams that were ranked and teams that won double di- produced double digit wins and and won in some of the biggest venues that are provided in football and the reason why I feel like I was able to close that gap that perceived gap in athleticism the sport is not all about how high you can jump how fast you can run or how strong you are it's about those intangible things and those were emphasized in my house growing up on the teams that I had that were successful before getting to BYU those were absolutely essential elements and so to me that's you can make up so much ground by focusing and building and having a game plan around those so-called intangibles um, that that I've seen it time and time again in or I saw it time and time again over the course of my career and I believe that it can it's available for anybody if they will just spend some time on it and uh, put some effort into it 
Great stuff, my friend. That's our QB read with Riley for this week. Coming up next, we will visit with the voice. Greg Rubel joins Cougar Pregame Live. That's coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Coming up a little bit later on in the program, Mitchell Jurgens will join me. We'll get his view from the sidelines. Should be uh, quite nice with the 80-degree temps being there in the Tampa area. You'll also hear from USF assistant head coach and defensive coordinator Brian Jean-Marie. But right now, it's time to visit with The Voice. Joining us right now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello, Greg. How are you? Hey, Shep. Very well from here at uh, Raymond James Stadium, home of the Pirate Ship and other yes. things. Yes. Have you been over to the Pirate Ship? I, I was near it a few moments ago, but I didn't go up to concourse level to actually get to right next to it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty prominent feature here at the old Ray J. Can you get in the Pirate Ship, or can you just go by the Pirate Ship? Well, they, they've got it pretty well secured. It looks like there's somebody manning, manning this, the stairway to the ship right now. But I'm sure that's the kind of thing you can tour or walk through. Yes, they, yeah. I think so. And yeah. to answer your next question, Jason, no, the person guarding it does not have an eye patch okay. or peg leg. Look, <laughs> look, we are on the same wavelength because I seriously was about to ask that question. So, yes, you and I, you and I have not done shows very long, but you and I have, have grown uh, a very close bond. So I appreciate that. So, Greg, after a bye week, certainly one of the benefits of having two weeks to prepare is if you are dealing with injuries, you have an opportunity to get healthier. How much healthier do you think BYU is heading into today's game? Hmm. Well, uh, starting quarterback's not real healthy. You know, <laughs> I did see did see uh, Zach Wilson here uh, with the cast on his hand, uh, and the hope there is that uh, he gets back before the end of the regular season at some point there in November. But he did make the trip, and he's all casted up. But uh, so, not not a lot of great help with the not a lot of great health with the number one there. Uh, BYU's down a couple of offensive linemen as well. Uh, the bye week didn't help Tristan Hodge enough. Uh, he's not going to play today. So there'll be a new right guard uh, for the Cougars. And don't be surprised if that guy's Clark Barrington. No one knows that name, but you might after today. Uh, he and Harris Lachance have been competing for that right guard spot with Tristan Hodge not available. And one of those two will play it today. Uh, at least start there. And then don't be surprised if it's, it's Barrington. But uh, he and Lachance have been battling there all week. Uh, there's a backup lineman, uh, Keeper Longson that's also out and has been for a couple of weeks, but he's a backup and no one's really noticed, but he won't be available today either, and hopefully he gets back before the end of the regular season. So a little thin right now on the offensive line. Uh, Joe Tukawafu's been uh, playing on the O-line, moving over from tight end. So a little bit of patchwork there as they look for depth. Uh, but most of the main players, uh, your, 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 your five wide receivers, your two tight ends, your running backs, with the exception of Tyson Williams, are all present and accounted for. And, and uh, Kalani also hinted at the fact that Sione Finau and Jackson McChesney I might be closer getting actual game reps as well. So we'll see uh, what transpires there today. Greg, on the other side of the ball, we saw, especially against USC, Washington, you know, Keenan Peely, Jackson Kafusi, multiple players in that linebacking core had to be had to come off the field. We did see them back against Toledo, but maybe not at full strength. Do they feel like they've been able to continue the healing process and will be better now than they were last week? Yeah, to the point where they've got, I think, I think they feel like they have a pretty solid eight to nine guys right now for those four linebacker spots between Chaz Ayu, Kavika Fonua, Keenan Peely, Isaiah Kafusi, Devin Kafusi, Peyton Wilgar, uh, Tyler Algier, and then you get down to Jackson Kafusi slash Max Tooley. So somewhere in there you're going to find eight guys 
guys for those four spots, and a lot of guys have been playing, and that the D-line too. I mean, it's, this, is, this has been a, a few hockey line changes this year for Coach Eli Satuiaki, and, and, and ideally, you know, Shep and Riley, y- you don't need that many line changes and that, that much rotation, but the defense has had a hard time getting off the field this year. Possession times been very low for BYU. It's been reflected in the defensive time spent on the field and the number of players who've had to play for BYU on that side of the ball. Also from our conversation with Kalani Shep, um, the word aggressive comes up. He said, I asked if there was to be any change or if BYU is going to be any different from where they were two weeks ago at Toledo, how might it show up? And he says, in aggressiveness in all phases. And, um, you know, BYU has been playing an admittedly, uh, you know, conservative defense, uh, and, and it maybe hasn't gotten them the results that previous conservative, conservative approaches have. And so uh, if you're doing what you've always done but you're not getting the same results, maybe it's time to look at some different approaches. And so uh, we'll see what those approaches might look like this afternoon here in Tampa. You mentioned Toledo, and I happen to be watching the Toledo game because it's the one that's uh, prior to uh, this game. Down big at Bowling Green at halftime? Yeah, well, it's nearing the end of the third. It is now 20-7 to in favor of Bowling Green. And Mm. I did see Mitchell Guadani, who left the field. Now, I'm not sure if he has come back. But I do know that he'd left to the uh, locker room. So Toledo so, uh, right now down 13 points at Bowling Green. Yeah, and you mentioned Guadani, and he's a pretty good model for Jordan McLeod uh, in, in that the way Toledo kind of turned that game was getting Guadani much more involved in the run game. And we expect Jordan McLeod to be involved in the run game from the get-go here. And we'll see what BYU's, you know, uh, at least increasingly aggressive approach, if that's the word to term it today, of what kind of effect it has on McLeod, but uh, he can make you miss, and he made a lot of guys miss last week yeah. in that win at UConn. Now, again, UConn's not maybe the best example, but that said, South Florida leaves that game feeling that, that you know that they're kind of back, right? That they yep. made a bunch of plays, scored a bunch of points, and you know the, their, their last win came seven days ago. BYU's last win came 28 days ago, and so uh, USF's got a, a reason to feel like they found something, and uh, and and BYU's still looking for some things. Well, and Craig, let's, you, let's let's sorry sorry Riley, let, let's stay with the quarterbacks, and I'll preface this. The same way that I, I did with Riley when I asked him this question. You can go numbers you would expect. You can go overall feel. What are your expectations for Jaron today? Well, uh, you know, it, it's such a small sample size to this point, right, in terms of what he's been able to do in, in the few reps he's gotten. He's only thrown seven passes. Um, he, you know, his, his, his six rushes this year have netted a total of two yards. So what he's done is not a, maybe the best indicator of what he might be able to do. And... You know, I, I, I'd like to see him, you know, w- with positive rush yardage uh, every time he runs the ball. I, I, I just don't I, I, I just don't think he's a six-rush-for-two-yards guy. That's not who he is at all. So uh, I, I'm going to throw a number on Jaron's rush productivity today, but, but he can't end, end up in the single digits or the minuses. He's got to be getting positive yards, and I would be stunned if that doesn't happen today. And, and BYU hasn't been, even with Zach Wilson, BYU's not throwing the ball for a ton of yards. I think Zach's only had two... 300-yard games as a starter at BYU, and, that, and that's the guy we think of as a slinger. So I, I don't know where, I, where I'd set a number for Jaron today. What, I, what I'd like to do is set a number for the team and, and have them score at least 30 points. Uh, Riley referenced it earlier in, in the pregame, but you know they haven't scored 30 in regulation yet. They got to 30 in the overtime game against USC, but it's the one game that they've gotten there. And again, 30 puts you... Um, you know, at or below the, the the median in college football these days, everybody scores thirty, it seems. And so, I, I'd like to see that number in the thirties be, or beyond today. We thought it could happen at Toledo, didn't? Even though I thought BYU was pacing for that kind of day, things slowed down. And BYU doesn't have those games, you know, Shep, where where, where they score in every quarter. You know, it, it's it's been really hit and miss in terms of consistency. And BYU needs to have one of those four quarter, you know, high point games. And uh, and South Florida 
although a lot of its rankings actually supersede those of BYU, is a gettable team in a lot of ways. Greg, traditional William, uh, traditional wisdom suggests that you want to take in a quarterback in his first stuff, take in his first start, take as much off his shoulders as possible. Uh, I, of course, the wide receivers are, are a little bit more dependent on Jaron, but my focus or my thoughts are a little bit more towards Emmanuel Asupa and Lopini Katoa. Only 16 carries between them last week. Do you get any sentiment from or any suspicion from Grimes and Roderick that that's that that number is going to increase and those guys will help share the load rather than re- relying wholly on Jaron? Yeah, c- can BYU have a breakout game? Can they score in the 30s with a with a more traditional or conservative offensive game plan? Is a question to be seen as well. If if, if the if the rush yards aren't being given up by South Florida, you know that desire and that design may have to go a little bit out the window. But I do think we can look to uh, how tempo is being used. And I, I think this, this bye week has given BYU to look, uh, a chance to look back and say, so what we do defensively that has worked, if it's not working anymore, what do we do? And offensively, uh, even though they don't use it a lot, they like their tempo look. If tempo is not giving them what they want, if, 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 if those third downs aren't being converted and the possession time still stays so low, uh, you know, is that still the right approach? And so I, I wonder about more or less – the tempo and they're not fast to begin with right now. i think BYU's only only averaging maybe 68 plays a game but can, will it go even slower than that becomes my question in an attempt again to kind of minimize the responsibility perhaps being placed on on uh, jaron hall's shoulders today but i think ultimately what makes jaron special are, are, are going to be the things byu has to utilize today in this game and, and i think if jaron's not breaking big runs and and making guys miss uh, BYU's not going to be exploiting its full potential on the offensive side of the ball. That's what I want to see because I think that's who Jaron is. Greg, great stuff as always. We'll let you go. Riley, we'll let you go as well. Here's what I'm asking. At some point today, I don't, maybe it's after the game, uh, I would like a picture of, of you two and Mitchell from right next to the, uh, the pirate ship, if possible. Okay, if that's well, possible, to, if possible, if it's possible to do... I'm just throwing it out there. Okay, but sometimes, you know, by the time we get out of here, they've locked so many doors and <laughs> gates that we have a tough time getting out of the building. But uh, we'll see if we can venture over to the pirate ship at some point and right. make you proud. By the way, one last uh, little trivial tidbit here. Uh, in terms of position groups, wide receiver, tight end, and running back, the group with the best yards per reception number right now is tight end. Just keep that in mind today. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We'll let yep. you go, and we'll hear from you coming up in a little bit. Thanks, Jeff. You bet. After a quick break, our weekly view from the sideline with Mitchell Jurgens. Cougar pregame live rolls on on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The BYU Cougars getting ready to face the South Florida Bulls. Always happy to be joined by former Cougar receiver and current sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. And, and Mitchell, I don't know if you, you heard the, the tail end of that conversation that I just had, but I'm really going to need to rely on you to make sure that that pirate ship photo happens. Hey, I can. You know, I, you know I'll make my way over to that, uh, to that end zone. <laughs> And, you know, selfie style it with the with like the Buccaneer it. ship in the background. I like I it. I can do that. I, I yeah. appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, you've been through this before. You've been through a bye week and what it means and how you prepare and what it does for you in the game following. What can we expect from BYU after a bye week? Yeah, so, I mean, traditionally it's, it's a great time to kind of just take a step back and uh, and recognize where, you know, your game needs improvement. Um, I do think this bye week 
is a little bit different. You know, you're coming off a loss to Toledo and preparing for a must win against, you know, South Florida today. And, and the mindset is different. You know, I remember Micah Simon um, after last game, almost with that attitude of, you know, what's going on? Like kind of looking around at the players like, how, you know, how do we how do we lose to a team at, like Toledo where we felt like we, you know, coming into the game, we had every you know possibility to win this game. Um, and, and so I, I feel like there's a real gut check going around the locker room where coaches and players, especially seniors, are trying to figure out who can be relied on and who cannot be. Um, so with that said, you know, I expect good football today. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, say I expect 40-plus points. I, I did that uh, two weeks ago against Toledo, and, and, and you know, we obviously <laughs> saw what happened. Um, so I'm not going to say, you know, I expect 40-plus, but, but I do expect good football. I expect them to come out, you know, with – a statement to prove, like, hey, we are still a good football team and a team like South Florida where, you know, we do, we are coming in as um, the, as, uh, the favorites to win this game, and, and I expect them to come, play hard, and, and uh, you know, be that BYU team that we've, we've always hoped to see. Let's talk about this Bulls offense. They have a redshirt freshman quarterback in Jordan McLeod, a fantastic tight end in Mitchell Wilcox. I think both tight ends in this game are going to be playing in the NFL. Uh, a senior running back in Cronkright, uh, coming off a 1,000-yard season, coming off a, a, a good performance over UConn. Uh, how does BYU's defense match up with this offense they'll face today? Yeah, so, so this may be, may be a ridiculous answer, but, you know, I, I, um, I think they match up really well if BYU shows up. Now, you, you, can, you can you respond to that question or that answer and say, well, duh, right? If BYU shows up, they're going to match up well. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, this USF team, they have talent. Uh, but so far this season, with the exception of the Washington game, um, where I felt like BYU was truly outmatched in, in all aspects of that game, um, BYU has, has defeated themselves. And, and so when they show up, when they play, I mean, they can compete with anybody. Um, and, and so in order to do that, I, I do want to see BYU play the opponent a little more today than what we've seen so far this season. You know, for example, USF gives up a lot of sacks. I want to see more pressure because protection isn't necessarily a strong suit of USF. And, you know, that doesn't mean that the entire defense needs to change strategically, uh, but take advantage of moments where we can, you know, maximize their weaknesses and then play that in BYU's favor. And so, you know, I, I, I want to see them, um, the defense just show up today, show that they've, you know, we're going to make some improvements and, and come out and, and shut down this, this, uh, this can be, you know, high powered right. offense. I have high expectations for Jaron Hall. I expect him to play really well today. What are your expectations? And, and I guess I'll probably break this up into two. What are your expectations for Jaron specifically, but also as, as, as a guy that's been on the field, what are your expectations for anybody making their first start at quarterback? Yeah, so so I guess to answer the the first part with with Jaron specifically, I I'm with you. I have high expectations, and and the reason for that is I I view Jaron as an incredible athlete yep. and who's very competitive. I mean, he's a dual sport athlete. You watched him in baseball, you know, very closely more than you know any of us have. Um, but the guy's an athlete, and he's got that competitive drive. And so in this type of situation where we, he is the guy, um, you know, behind the center and the one calling the shots, I mean, I think we're going to see a Jaron that we have not seen before. Um, I go back to spring ball, and it was, I mean, Jaron was lights out, and, and not just with his feet. I mean, this is a guy who's not uh, your typical just-running quarterback. I mean, he's got a cannon, and, you know, I expect early on in the game for him to, you know, trying to get him to feel comfortable so they may call a few more, you know, organized runs for Jaron, uh, maybe a couple quick-hitting passes. But I expect, you know, as they try and, uh, you know, close in on the box to, uh, to prevent him doing so much damage with his legs, 
we're going to see him unleash, uh, you know, show what kind of arm he has. And, and, and I think we're going to see all aspects of his game, which is, which is going to be really fun to see. Um, the, the second part of your question is, you know, any quarterback coming in and making their first start, um, I just want them to be themselves. Uh, you don't want, you know, the next quarterback to come in and say, I've got to be Zach Wilson. Right. Um, he needs to be Jaron Hall, play to his strengths, and, and I think they'll do just fine. We got about 30 seconds here. What do you need to see from BYU on the field today to let you know that things are moving in the direction that the players and coaches want it to? Yeah, offensively, more touchdowns. Um, you know, through five games this season, BYU's only scored 12 touchdowns with just over two touchdowns a game. I mean, that's not enough in this college football realm where it's becoming the norm to score and score and score. And so I want to see that change. Um, I want to see the defense shut down uh, the rushing attack better than they have been and so you know close to 100 if, if you know maximum less than 150 yards on the ground and then more consistency across all three units special teams offensively defense just more consistent more discipline and uh, and then i'll be pleased with with the performance today mitchell great stuff great insight as always enjoy the uh, warm florida temperatures and i look forward to that pirate ship photo hey you got it all right man appreciate it thanks, thanks. there we go mitchell jurgens you'll hear him on the call he'll be on the sidelines with Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. On the other side, we go across the field. We talk with assistant head coach and defensive coordinator of South Florida, Brian Jean-Marie. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. We're getting you ready for BYU and South Florida. Earlier this week, I talked with the assistant head coach and defensive coordinator of the Bulls. That would be Brian Jean-Marie. He's also the linebacker's coach, and I asked him how he finds enough time in the day to get everything done. <laughs> There's not enough time in the day. Uh, you get stressed out in so many different directions. But um, I worked for a great head coach, and, uh, Coach Strong, and we had some good kids. So even though it can get stressful at times, you still have uh, fun showing up to work every day and you know, trying to get these kids back. How would you describe the season thus far for the Bulls? Um, up and down, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, we do know two of the teams that we've played are undefeated right now and you know, both ranked in the top 25. Uh, but that's still not an excuse. Uh, we felt like we could have played better as a whole team uh, in those first five games. We've shown some flashes, but the consistency that you need to win on a week-in, week-out basis, we have not done. You said showing those flashes. The team's coming off a big road win at UConn. You've won two out of your last three. What do you think's been the biggest difference over the past couple of weeks where you've been able to get some of those wins? Um, We think execution. Um, We haven't changed uh, a lot of what we've done starting in preseason camp, we felt like we've had guys in position on both sides of the ball uh, to make plays, but there's been a breakdown, you know, whether it be on offense with the offensive line, you know, picking up, a, you know, a stunt or a receiver running the wrong route, you know, you know and the, or the quarterback just flat out missing a throw. And it's been the same thing on defense where you have ten guys do the right thing and one guy drops the coverage one guy gets in the wrong gap, and when things are going bad, that's enough for a big play to happen or a touchdown. Um, and we feel like we've cut uh, a lot of those plays out in, the, in some of the last games, and um, we've gotten better from it. 
one of the things that certainly stands out about your defense is how fantastic your team is at forcing turnovers. I believe you forced 14 turnovers so far this season, and that's been a problem for BYU so far this year. What do you attribute the ability to force teams to turn the ball over to? Um, we're, we're a pressure team. Um, that's something that's kind of, that's what we kind of hang our hat on. We're a pressure team where we try to, you know, blitz uh, probably more than most uh, defenses. So we try to put the pressure on the offense to adjust to our style of play. And we've, we've uh, you know, benefited from that in a lot of regards. But in the same token, when I talk about the execution part of it, when we haven't been aligned and executed in our blitzes, we've given up some big plays. Uh, in, uh, on the, in that aspect of it, too. So we have to be uh, a lot more uh, aligned, as I, I would say, and execute a lot better. But we're known for our pressure. That's kind of what we've done, uh, starting with our head coach. That's his background. So we have to do a better job of that. But that's probably the number one reason for the turnover. Talking with South Florida assistant head coach, defensive coordinator Brian Jean-Marie, BYU has talked a lot about the speed and athleticism of your team, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. How much can those attributes make up for the possibility of some of those execution issues you talked about? Uh, Well, it's the same. We watch uh, BYU on offense, and we see a lot of speed and athleticism on that side of the ball, too. So, uh, what, what speed and athleticism, they, they always can overcome mistakes because obviously the better athlete uh, a player is, if they step the wrong way or their eyes in the wrong spot, they can always overcome it if they're a step faster and a little quicker than their opponent. So that's one of the things, like I said, we always, everybody in the, all around the country wants to, you know, recruit those types of kids. And uh, we just want to make sure that we are stepping the right way and have our eyes in the right spot and, help us to play even faster. The last time that you faced BYU, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were at Texas as the linebackers coach and the recruiting coordinator. That was the Taysom Hill game. BYU fans will remember that game finally because it was the game where Taysom hurdled the uh, the Longhorn player. What, what do you remember about that game? What you just said? <laughs> <laughs> I know we practiced all week, and, and Taysom was one of the best college football players uh, I think I had ever seen, you know, and I've been coaching for almost 18 years now, and uh, we knew he was the, you know, he he was the engine that had that offense uh, going in the right direction. And we worked all week on trying to stop Taysom Hill. And all I remember is that play when he jumped over our safety, Dylan Haynes, and it was uh, unbelievable. He basically took the life out of the stadium when he did that. I know uh, Taysom was a great player, but you had, you had a lot of great players on the field. Uh, you know, on the offensive side that day. that That's not a, a fond memory, obviously, <laughs> but it does stick in my mind because you, you saw some of the heart and the passion that, you know, BYU, that program is known for. Well, what are your thoughts? You mentioned speed in talking about BYU. What are your overall thoughts on the 2019 version of BYU? Uh, very impressed. I uh, know that uh, Hall, Jaron Hall, this would be his first start, but it's not like it's going to be his first uh playing experience, uh, the offensive uh, coaches have done a good job of keeping them in, you know, some offensive packages, and you've seen them line up all over the field, and you can see his athleticism. So that's something as a defensive coordinator that always gives you a little pause because you know uh, if they can line him up at receiver or, or a tailback even, you know what type of athlete he is. So we, we know we're going to have that challenge in front of us, but we've been so impressed ourselves 
with just their offensive skill talent, starting with uh, Matt Bushman. I think he's one of the better tight ends that we've seen so far this year. I think he's a very athletic kid. To see uh, him in space, some of the mismatches that he can cause. And then you go to the receivers. Uh, I think it's a great group of receivers, uh, starting with uh, Hypo. You know, some of these first names, I don't want to butcher them. Yeah, Aleva Hifo. Uh, yeah, Hifo, excuse me. Uh, I think he's a, a, a great talent. You watch him, the, t- the touchdown that he had against uh, BYU last week, I thought was dynamic. The Micah Simon kid, I thought is another dynamic kid in the slot. They do a great job. Taylor Shumway. Shumway, yep. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. So you see with some of the guys that they have, I think, uh, like I said, they do an unbelievable job of getting them the ball, and they have a good concept, uh, you know, as far as spreading guys out on defense and, and getting the ball to their playmakers. Well, and you mentioned Matt Bushman at tight end. Quite honestly, with both teams, you can have a pretty good matchup of two of the best tight ends in college football. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we feel like we practice against one of the best tight ends in, in the country, and Mitchell Wilcox. So we feel like we, we've seen, uh, uh, you know, all-American caliber tight end in practice. But when you watch Bushman, who's a little taller, and we and he probably do a little bit more in the passing game with Bushman, we know that's going to be a big-time challenge for us. I wanted to ask you before I let you go, and I appreciate your time, you, you mentioned Jaron Hall making his first start. As a defensive coordinator, do you alter your defensive game plan when you face a quarterback making his first start? Um, yes, I, and I, just to be honest with you, um, we don't look at Jaron as a first-time starting quarterback, if that makes sense. Right. Because he had some game experience. He closed the game out versus Toledo and he's coming off of a bye week where he's had two weeks to prepare. So we feel like he's going to be prepared, and I don't think the offensive coaches are going to uh, deviate too much from what they already were going to have planned, you know, before the injury at that position. So, I, uh, you know, we, we're going to do what we usually do as far as game plan, but if I thought he was going to be a little wet behind the ears, obviously we would, we would have a plan to probably – go after him and give him some different looks. But just from the, the, the small sample size that we've seen of him on video, whether it be another position or what we saw at quarterback, I don't think he's, you know, we're going to be able to do anything to rattle him or nothing that he's seen. I think he's going to go out there and play quarterback and, you know, try to play it at a high level. Coach, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Uh, no, thank you, Jason. All right, that was assistant head coach and defensive coordinator of the South Florida Bulls, Brian Jean-Marie. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live coming your way next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. Let's get you caught up on some other action going on in college football. Fourth quarter, and how about this one? Unranked South Carolina 
leading at number three Georgia, 17 to 10. Six and a half minutes to go there. Nearing the end of the third quarter in uh, Austin, number 11 Texas trailing at home to Oklahoma. Sooners have a 20 to 10 lead. Also nearing the end of the third quarter, 16th ranked Michigan leading at Illinois, 28-17. And number 23 Memphis has a uh, deficit to make up right now. Temple leading the Tigers, 30 to 21, with 13 minutes to go in regulation. Don't forget tonight, BYU women's soccer, sixth ranked in the country at Southfield, hosting Pacific. Uh, I will be on the call with Avery Walker. We will have pregame coverage immediately following football postgame. Should be right around 6.30 Mountain Time, and then we'll have uh, the opening kick at 7 o'clock. So a very busy day and hopefully a very positive day for the BYU Cougars. That is a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Sitake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live was brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also proudly supported by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. There's something that makes you, you. You like things direct. Your flights, your food delivery, your banking. It doesn't mean you're impatient just that you're prudent. And that's why opening up a new Zions Bank consumer checking account online in as little as five minutes makes sense because you get a new way to save time and a new way to spend it. For a bank that understands your needs, Zions Bank is for you. Zions Bank, a division of Zions Bank Corporation, N.A. member FDIC. Zions Bank has been committed to community, integrity, teamwork, trust, and value for over 145 years. The reason? That's when the first customer walked through the front door. And ever since, Zions Bank has shown that customer service isn't just a department, it's in everything they do. For established principles you can count on, Zions Bank is for you. You'll see these principles in action at ZionsBank.com or any Zions Bank branch. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. A division of Zions Bank Corporation N.A., member FDIC. You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Running to the right side and right into scoring territory. Still wearing the same BYU shirt to every football game? The one you got first semester of your freshman year? It's time for an upgrade. Get the most up-to-date, fashionable BYU gear at the BYU Store today. We've got something for everyone. Right now, get the official football game day tee in three colors for only $10. And for the first time, we're offering a Nike Dry Fit game day tee for only $18. Check it out in-store or online at BYUstore.com. BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. You've heard us say it and seeing it, but that's not all you have right with the Martins Collision Repair Choice. Hi, I'm Tiago Martins. There's also the right estimate, the right windshield repair or replacement, and more. You just can't go wrong when you have so much going right with Martins Collision Repair. Online at martinscollision.com, on State Street in Norham, and in Salem, we work with all insurance companies. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. Martins Collision Repair. It's time to get head coach Kalani Sataki's thoughts on today's game. It's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. Zions Bank, 
For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans, and for the second time in as many games, BYU Today plays in a first-time venue. Two weeks ago, it was in Toledo, and today in Tampa. Raymond James Stadium, Tampa, Florida, home of the South Florida Bulls and also the NFL's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's another NFL stadium for the Cougars to cross off their list of current NFL stadiums after today. BYU will have played in 10 of them. I'm Greg Grubel with your play-by-play. Today with me is former Cougar quarterback, the slinging southpaw, Riley Nelson. Riley for BYU. It's another one of those swing games on the path to bowl eligibility in a game that BYU's favored to win on the road. In short, it's a game BYU needs to get after letting one slip away two weeks ago in Toledo. It's been four weeks on the calendar since the Cougars last won a game. With nationally ranked Boise State coming up next, followed by another bye week. If the Cougs don't win today... It won't be favored again until the second week of November. So today feels to me, Riley, how about you, like a must win? It, it does to me too, Greg. And I, I'm more of one that I I tend to subscribe to the line of thinking that all games are created equal, but I don't think so. I think this truly is a must win scenario, and you make a very strong case for it. Look, the coaches will say we're trying to go 1-0 and week after week after week, but the reality is your season record starts to add up and starts to become meaningful, especially when you're trying to meet that minimum threshold of criteria for success, which is bowl eligibility at six wins. Right. The sixth game of the season uh, we're playing here today, and which means we only have six more chances. If you fall to two and four, that puts a lot of pressure on meeting that six-win criteria. But I think the circumstances surrounding this game, as I've prepared and I look at these two teams, I think we're in for a treat. I think it will be a competitive matchup and one that if the Cougars do come out and do what they're capable of doing, it can be successful. Well, today's game marks the first career start, of course, for redshirt freshman quarterback Jaron Hall, making it nine years now in the last ten that BYU will not make it through the season using only one starting quarterback. That was Taysom Hill back in 2013. Today at South Florida, Hall will attempt to become the fifth consecutive BYU freshman, however, to win his first start. Taysom Hill, Tanner Mangum, Joe Critchlow, and Zach Wilson all won their freshman debuts. Zach Wilson, of course, now out for the foreseeable future with a hand injury suffered two weeks ago. He's on the trip. He's in a cast, and hopefully BYU gets him back before the end of the regular season. Coming up next, BYU head coach Kalani Sitake giving us his pregame thoughts. This is the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. The coach's comments coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back inside Raymond James Stadium, Tampa, Florida, site of Super Bowl 55 coming up in 2021. It'll be the third time this venue has played host to a Super Bowl. Today, a pair of two and three FBS programs face off as BYU visits South Florida. First game of a two-game set that will conclude when the Bulls play at BYU in 2021. BYU last played a game on September 28th. BYU last won a game on September 14th. That home field victory over USC seems like a long time ago now. It was the last time BYU had both a healthy first-string quarterback and healthy first-string running back. Since that triumph over the Trojans, BYU's lost two games, and those two players, Zach Wilson 
and Tyson Williams. Now coming off a bye week, BYU is hitting a reset button of sorts for a second straight season. The Cougs are making a mid-season quarterback change last year as a tactical decision this year due to injury. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, sponsored by Zions Bank for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. And we talked about uh, what gives Jaron Hall the best chance for success in his first career start as the Cougars QB. Probably his mentality and, and, and the way he goes about preparing for every game. You know, I've been really impressed with Jaron since he got home from his mission and uh, the way he was able to balance both baseball and football. And I think the uh, amount of reps that he got in spring and even in fall camp has been really uh, beneficial for him and seeing his progress. And now that we had a bye week, it just seemed like it's kind of prepped him for this moment right now. Is he more of a quarterback or a running quarterback? <laughs> well, he's a quarterback. He can he can spin the ball, and he's got a strong arm, and he just happens to run really well, you know. So I think I think he's he's the type of athlete that can play a lot of different positions. But so can Zach, you know. And and uh, we feel like to have an athletic quarterback benefits us. But more than anything, you need a quarterback to control the ball, and that's sort of one reason why we were attracted to the quarterbacks that we have in our in our in our group right now. And, uh, it's Jaron's moment. I'm excited for him, and he's he's uh, really really excited about the opportunity to play play today. Looking back, how much was Zach's absence in spring a blessing in disguise that it got Jaron so many reps? Yeah, I mean that 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 was nice because Jaron went through a competition as well and and came out. I think after the first week, it's pretty evident that he was the next best guy and. And then we just sunk a bunch of reps into him, knowing that, um, you know, the history in quarterbacks that's been, that's been going on at BYU for the last decade is that you're going to need to see your, your backup. Uh, and so um, knowing that ahead of time, we were able to get him a lot of reps in spring in the off season, and also in fall camp with Zach still coming along with his shoulder. So he's probably had a lot more reps and a lot more um, time on the field than most uh, second-string quarterbacks. It was only a few extra days, but did the bye week come at a good time that way to get a new guy ready? Yeah, and, and, and um, you know, for us last year, that helped getting Zach ready for the Hawaii game. This this year, it's, it's been really beneficial for us to be able to spend some more time and, and do some things that are probably patterned a, l- a little bit more to um, Jaron's strengths, you know, and the things that he sees and things that he likes. I think it's important that we collaborate with our players and and uh, know what he's comfortable with and, and the pl- type of plays that he likes. And, and uh, we've been able to do that in the off, in the, uh, off week in Dubai. Without giving away too many game plan specifics, obviously, besides the change of quarterback, should BYU look any different today than maybe it did at Toledo offensively or defensively? Yeah, we should. We should be more aggressive um, on all three phases. And then, you know, defensively, stopping the run, that, that, could, that could mean a lot of different things. But um, if they decide that they're going to try to pound the ball, which is what they did against UConn last, year, last week, uh, then we're going to have to do something to stop it, and and uh, and that scheme. But more than anything, our guys are—I think—they're ready for this moment right now to, to focus on stopping the run on defense and find a way to make big plays on offense and get in the end zone is the key. USF did pile up a ton of yards on the ground at UConn, but that freshman quarterback, redshirt freshman, uh, threw a few good balls as well, got himself a few touchdown passes, and he's kind of like Jaron, that he can uh, he can make you work all over the field. Yeah, and they have great athletes out there that can catch the ball when he's ready to throw, and so I think he, he's been able to punish them with his, with his legs breaking um, contain and in the past game being able to run for some yards last week. So, uh, you know, as, as uh, easy as it may seem to just throw more bodies in the, in the line of scrimmage to stop the run, 
you still have to be concerned about the speed and and the athleticism that they have on on the entire field. And so uh, we're going to have to find ways, but there's nothing wrong with taking some risks. Okay. Uh, they've, they've played a good schedule like you have. they played a couple of ranked teams who haven't lost a game yet, too. So that kind of factors into that 2-3 and three record they've got right now. Yeah, and they've, they've been in some tough battles. I mean, you look at the physical team like Wisconsin that they played from game one and, and things that they've been able to do. I, I mean, we have to respect our opponents, and, and I know they, they, they see us as a – they respect us as well. I know that coaching staff, and it's going to be a great uh, game. And looking forward to, to you know great weather, and it's nice and hot, so don't have to warm up. We just uh, put the helmets on and go to work. A couple of personnel notes uh, back to your backfield for a moment. Uh, Sione Finau and Jackson McChesney would be the next guys in line after Emmanuel Esupa and Lopini Katoa, yes? Yep, and uh, you know we may see all four of those guys, but uh, you know, I think Soup's going to be the first one to get on the field. and. Uh, depending on what our offense wants to do, whatever it takes to get points on the board, that's all we're focused on. And Maronalo Lupututau, uh, a few more reps and a few more catches at Toledo, so he must be coming along. Yeah, he's he's f- way further along than he has been in the past couple weeks, and I think the uh, I think he's probably ready to take more uh, more reps and, and have more inv- impact in the game. Is it is it okay to expect uh, a breakout game or hope for a breakout game when a guy is so new, meaning Jaron Hall, in, in his position right now? Well, I just expect to score points regardless of Enough who's yeah, regardless of who's playing on the field. And, and uh, there's a lot of different ways to score. It doesn't have to always be on the quarterback, but it doesn't always have to be on the offense as well. We could be on the uh, defense and special teams. It's a team goal to get more points on the board and a team goal to, to find explosive plays. And so uh, there's many ways we can do it in all three phases and looking forward to getting it done. Maybe the last thing is about USF and just how aggressive they've been. You talk about being aggressive, and they're one of the top teams in the country at creating havoc and, uh, and ripping the ball away. They are, and uh, they have a lot of talent and athleticism and speed on defense, and they Coach Strong uses, uses them all in you know, all different phases, all different ways, corners, safeties, backers, blitzing. And so uh, when they do that and they take a risk, we have to punish them for it. Okay. Kalani, thank you for the preview. We will talk to you post game. All right, let's go. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Time now for the Homie Home Field Advantage brought to you by Homie, who reminds you that there's no place like home playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back. Homie's got your back, saving you sweet cash when you buy or sell a home. Call it your Homie home field advantage. And today, we took a, what, uh, take a look at what BYU is doing in NFL venues. Uh, Raymond James Stadium, the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and sixth NFL venue in which BYU will play under Kalani Sitake. The Cougars are 3-2 and two of the preceding five, having played in one most recently at Gillette Stadium, home of the New England Patriots. Over the last decade, the BYU 7-4 and four in NFL stadiums. Break time now. And time for a reminder that title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. BYU in South Florida, kicking off at the bottom of the hour. And this has been the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, live from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Also by Utah Honda Dealers. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Good afternoon again, Cougar Nation. Greetings from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida for BYU and South Florida on this uh, sweltering Saturday. The Cougars today looking to win for the first time ever in the state of Florida. BYU 0-7 all-time in the Sunshine State. Four regular season losses and three postseason setbacks. I am Greg Rubel with my broadcast partner, Riley Nelson. We have with us in the booth on-site engineers Barry Squires and Michael Wimmer, statistician Ralph Sokolowski and spotter McKay Perry. Down on the field, it's former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting for us from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Our broadcast intern here in Tampa is the great Nate Slack. Back at BYU Radio in Provo, our pregame halftime postgame host and soccer play-by-play guy tonight. Later on this evening is Jason Shepard, our engineer Sean Faye, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operator Tanner Rawl, and our broadcast interns are Jeffrey Carroll and Max Clark. You're listening to us live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Over the air, we are on BYU Radio 89.1 FM HD2, and of course, KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You can also hear us on the network affiliates in the Intermountain West, and we're streaming on the BYU Radio, BYU Cougars, and KSL Radio apps, as well as BYURadio.org and BYUCougars.com slash live radio. You can listen to our broadcast audio archives, including interviews and highlights at BYURadio.org and also on the BYU Football Podcast. Well, we've seen our share of Saturday matinees this season. Today's game is the fourth in a row with an afternoon kickoff. Uh, Only Utah and Tennessee had nighttime kicks. Today's game will begin at 3.30 Eastern in the midday heat of Tampa. Next week, a quite different deal. It'll be kickoff around 8.30 after nightfall in chilly northern Utah. Uh, These players will certainly enjoy the warmth while they have it. Uh, Between now and the end of the season at San Diego State, this will be the last warm weather game BYU will play. Let's get right to the story of the day, and that's the new guy behind center, Jaron Hall. His season tally to this point, 4 for 7 passing, 58 yards, 6 rushes for a total of 2 yards. And now he's in charge of an offense that has been struggling to score. The pass yards have been there, but the rush yards and the points have not. BYU ranks 103rd in rush yards per carry, 104th in points per game. And I'd have to think that O.C. Jeff Grimes will lean more on the run game, including Jaron Hall, then he will maybe on Hall to light things up through the air. But Jaron says, I am also a thrower. I'm a quarterback, not a running quarterback. I'm the entire package. Now, Riley Zach Wilson can run around a bit, but he's a bit more of a, of a true gunslinger, and he'll uh, let plays develop a little bit. Jaron Hall may in time prove to be a really proficient passer, but I'd have to think that today, particularly considering the aggressiveness of the USF defense, Hall's legs may be his greatest asset and I kind of expect pass plays that uh, get the ball out of his hand in a hurry for the most part. Most definitely. I think that will give the offense a great chance for success. Also, it will contribute to the longevity. The, in the, at least in the NFL, the quarterbacks that have the quickest time to g- getting the ball out of their hands have also proven to be the most healthy ones. And, of course, you know we don't want Jaron's opportunity to be cut short by an injury, so that will help there. And then, as you said, with his legs, I, I do think that's an incredible asset, and I think it's going to be uh, – uh, it's going to play a factor in this game to helping BYU sustain drives. Now, in the pregame show with Shep, Jaron mentioned that his favorite player was Russell Wilson. And and I've heard Russell Wilson in interviews since he was at NC State. And NC State, Wisconsin, and now with Seattle, he only focuses on one thing, and that's winning. Yards, as you mentioned, all of those don't really matter if, if they don't lead to points, and points really don't matter if they don't lead to wins. So I from all the feeling that I'm getting, Jaron is fully focused on doing whatever is necessary to help this offense and this BYU team produce a win here today in Florida. 
do you remember what the expectations were of you uh, for your first start at BYU? Personal and team and out, outside? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little bit different circumstance. My first start at BYU, we were flipping every other Maybe series. Platoon, so I was a, yeah. yeah, I was a 50% starter, but I was the upperclassman. I was a junior at the time, and the expectations on me were to lead, were to help get that team mentally prepared, help make sure everybody was dialed in mentally and locked in as we were kind of going through an unprecedented and, and a unique situation, switching out quarterbacks every other series. Um, but we were playing a... Washington team, very similar to the South Florida team. They had some good players, but were not necessarily a great team, so there was opportunity for us to be had. We were able to go out and execute well on both sides of the ball and produced. It wasn't a, a dominating or resounding victory, but we got a victory against a good team, and, and uh, it was gratifying to be able to produce that in my first start. All right, more of the Cougar kickoff show is straight ahead after we remind you that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. We'll return to Raymond James Stadium in Tampa after this short timeout. You're listening to the Cougar kickoff show, and we are live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Back on the Cougar Kickoff Show, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today it's 2-3 BYU, 2-3 USF. The Bulls had lost nine straight games to FBS opponents before winning at hapless UConn last week. The Huskies now have dropped 20 straight games to FBS foes. After today, BYU comes back home to host Boise State next Saturday, then comes a second bye week followed by five games in November. Among things BYU's got to work on right now, Riley Nelson out of the rush defense. BYU ranks 97th in yards per carry allowed, 120th in rush yards per game allowed. Those numbers have helped opponents control the clock too. BYU bottom 10 in possession time. The defense, quite frankly, is spending too much time on the field. Most definitely. I think one of the ways you remedy that is you have to break up looks. A lot of three-man front, a lot of two safeties high. you got to bring that fourth defensive lineman down and invert that second safety into the box if you want to try and reverse that, that negative trend of being in the bottom ten against the rush. All right, we'll take a break. More of the Cougar Kickoff Show coming up right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Time for you be the judge. Brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Today it's an NCAA football rules question. Here's the scenario. An airborne receiver grasps a forward pass and is in the, and in the process of going to the ground. First contacts the ground with his left foot inbounds. And as he falls to the ground, out of bounds, immediately upon the player hitting the ground, out of bounds, the ball comes loose but does not touch the ground. Is this a catch? And the answer is incomplete pass, regardless of whether the ball hits the ground or not, because at the time the ball came loose, the receiver was out of bounds, and that's you be the judge presented by Legally Mine. We talked a bit briefly, Riley, about BYU's possession time in the last segment. And another thing... Uh, taking the BYU offense or keeping it off the field is it struggles on third and short. BYU converting 44% on third and one. 
That's normally a number in the 60s, 70s, 80s percentage-wise. Third and three or shorter, BYU 37%. Opponents almost doubling that. When you were the QB, Riley, short yardage was kind of a specialty, and running quarterbacks can certainly help with that. The Cougars right now kind of lack a short yardage identity, don't they? Most definitely. One of the things that helped us during my time here was we were uh, – pretty balanced between taking snaps from under center and taking snaps from shotgun it's really hard in short short yarded situations by taking a shotgun snap you're setting yourselves at a minimum five yards away from the from the line to gain whereas under center you can only be a matter of feet away we did see our first qb sneak against toledo and it was successful i gotta imagine that jaron hall with his athleticism i mean he took a snap. He was the fly sweep guy. It's very unusual for your backup quarterback to be to have the kind of speed to take a fly sweep and be successful. So I got to imagine you can throw in some wrinkles there to aid that. But you are right. They need to continue to stay, sustain drives if they want to produce more points. And third downs, especially third and shorts, got to improve. All right, coming up, we hear from Mitchell Jurgens as our preview of BYU and South Florida continues from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU in South Florida today, third of four Eastern time zone games for BYU this season after a five in a row back in the mountain time zone. BYU will play a game in the Pacific time zone at San Diego State to end the regular season. Hopefully there's a game in the Hawaiian time zone in December. The Cougars at today coming off their first of two bye weeks in their last seven games after buys against FBS opponents. BYU is two and five. Let's head down to sideline guy Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you and Mitch, whether it's the time off or a new starting quarterback or the fact that BYU's done with all those P5s, it kind of feels like BYU's uh, starting over in a way. How much can a fresh approach ideally help Kalani Sitake's team moving forward starting today? Yeah, I think it can help tremendously. You know, doing what BYU was required to do for the first four games of the season is, is not an easy task. And then coming off of a loss at Toledo, it's definitely time to regroup, breathe, and, and figure out what the game plan is for this next phase of the season. Uh, you know, time off may have been exactly what this team needed to find out who is dialed in and who isn't for the remaining seven or possibly eight games of the season. Uh, focusing on one of the changes, though, you know, the new quarterback, Jaron Hall, I think this will have the biggest impact on the game today and that fans will be very pleased with what they see and hear. Uh, before the season started, I actually made mention that Jaron Hall would be the secret weapon of the season. Um, you know, comparisons have been made to Russell Wilson, but being from Houston, I'm actually going to compare him to Deshaun Watson. You know, he has clear physical abilities that do compare. Um, but what, you know, Riley has made mention of as well is all we care about are wins, and, and that's what Deshaun did at, at Clemson. And so with Jaron today, you know, all we want to see is wins. Uh, a, a win tonight would start off his, you know, his career here at BYU just with a um, just a great taste and, and BYU fans, you know, in their mouths. And, and this is just going to be an incredible opportunity for him to, to show what, what he's made of. Thank you, Mitch. Great stuff. Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss and opening kick. Coming up next, this has been the Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.